Hi, everyone. This is Eric Martin from the band Mr. Big, the handsome one that stands right in the middle. That's me. And you're listening to Music Mania Podcast. Thank you so much, man. I, I love talking about the things that I love, Clint. And for you to allow me to do it with you, uh, I am the Music Mania Podcaster. You are the best. You got the best. We roll tonight to the guitar fight. And for those about to rock, I salute you. You ready for some screaming heavy metal? Scream for me, Brazil! Scream for me, Brazil! We rock! You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast. Brought to you by CD Warehouse in Gladstone, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest, featuring hard-hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here's your host, Clint Schweitzer. Welcome once again to the Music Mania Podcast. Certainly hope each and every one of you had a safe and healthy 4th of July weekend. It was good to get back to at least a little bit of normalcy over the weekend. Usually I'm traveling on the road, going to concerts, going on vacations. I was actually supposed to be in Iceland for the 4th of July, celebrating um, America's independence by being in Iceland, drinking Viking beer. It didn't wind up happening, of course, with covid my flight got canceled and things kind of snowballed from there. So I was able to celebrate with some fireworks, some burgers, some hot dogs, some apple pie. I'm a little 4th of july out, to be honest. Uh, had a little trip to the Lake of the Ozarks here in uh, Missouri. So had a tremendous weekend and we're keeping the interviews rolling along, of course, here on the podcast. It is our pleasure to keep doing so. Your money stays and plays with us all summer long. And on this very show, we're going to be welcoming original Alice Cooper Group founding member Michael Bruce to the show. Michael has uh, a new song out. It's called Born Screamer. It was actually a uh, holdover from the Welcome to My Nightmare, uh, in which uh, Michael contributed to Alice's album back in 2011, uh, at which point Michael and uh, Neil and Dennis Dunaway, who we've had on the show, they all went into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know, the original Alice Cooper members, and we're going to talk to Michael about uh, the times that the band have reunited for shows kind of here and there, his thoughts on the new band. We're going to even talk about the time where he realized Alice was the personification of the Alice Cooper group, that Vincent Fernier was taking on that role and that they were no longer going to be playing with Alice. We're going to get into that topic. He, again, has uh, a new album coming out. He has recently formed the Michael Bruce Group. It features uh, his wife, Lynn, uh, Jimmy Waldo on keyboard, Steve Potts on guitar, and uh, Matt Indies on drums. So go to his website, michaelbruceofficial.com, to check out the video for Born Screamer. It's a great song, and I'm excited to see what Michael's going to have in store this album and kind of what's going to uh, happen with it. And we're going to talk to him about all that and much more. Guys, this is what we do here on the Music Media Podcast. These interviews are our lifeblood. We've been doing it now for over seven years, over 180 episodes, and you can get them all on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify. Again, as always, our website is musicmaniapodcast.com, and we're now under the umbrella of Ignitro Entertainment. So check out all that. We're always on Facebook and Twitter. We love the interaction. We want to know who you want to have us come on the show next. Before we get to our interview with Michael, we've got to talk about concerts and touring. Of course, there isn't any. That's our lives in 2020. We know that. We've had all of our shows, little by little, canceled, postponed. Some of them are offering refunds, some are not. I want to talk about the Motley Crue Def Leppard 
uh, Poison, Joan Jett tour, of course, was supposed to take place in stadiums this summer. It was postponed to 2021. Refunds are, are available for it. But just recently, Phil Collin, the guitarist from Def Leppard, who we've had on this show twice before, has already said that it's 50-50 on whether that tour will happen next year. And I just find that really odd when, obviously, Motley and Def Leppard's management had gone to these lengths to reroute the tour, try to get people to keep purchasing tickets. I know it's going to be hard to do that. But you're holding out hope that there's going to be a tour. And Phil Collins says, not so fast. It's 50-50 on whether that even happens or not. Why wouldn't everyone just go to the go get their money back for this tour? Everyone that was holding on to their tickets and they were going to be okay with Ticketmaster holding on to their money for another year But when a member of one of the bands says it's 50-50, I'll tell you what, I'm going to get my money back if I hear that. So I thought it was kind of a misstep on Phil Collins' part. Why say that now, a year, we have no idea what things are going to look like in two months, four months, if there's going to be a, you know, a COVID vaccine. We just don't know. So to me, it was a little out of place for Phil to do that. And I think it kind of hurts the tour when you're trying to get people to just on good faith, hold on to their tickets, please God, don't get a refund, we're going to deliver a show eventually, hopefully it does, hopefully 2021 makes up for what 2020 has been, because I'll tell you, it started off for me tremendously, I'm in Kansas City, we do this show from my studio here in Kansas City, Missouri, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl on February 3rd, 2020, I actually went on a Caribbean cruise to start the year, I was, I think I spent New Year's Day in Bonaire on a cruise, Then the Super Bowl happens. The next week after the Super Bowl, I'm in Las Vegas. I get to see Aerosmith uh, during their Vegas residency. The Deuces Are Wild residency they did there in Vegas. And that wound up being my last concert. That was it. A month later, I'm on my way to see Kiss in Tulsa on March 12th. And it's almost like I could feel the world changing as I'm listening to the radio and I'm hearing that college basketball games are being canceled at halftime. Uh, college basketball conference tournaments are being canceled right before our eyes. The Kiss concert got canceled while I was on my way, and I knew things might not be the same for quite some time, and that's the world we've lived in ever since then. So really just hoping that at some point, because traveling and live music is such a big part of my life, it's not just selfishly, it's also what I do for a living. Uh, Covering shows, doing live reviews, doing interviews, going backstage and kind of getting the uh, the lowdowns on a lot of these tours is a huge part of what I do. So without it, it hurts. It hurts everybody. It, it hurts, uh, you know, the road crews. It hurts the bands themselves, uh, the, the promoters. Everybody feels this. And I just pray that we get back to it at some point. I, I can't imagine living in a concertless society. The very first concert, according to the internet, which is never wrong, took place in 1672. That was the first time anyone ever paid it was on record that someone paid to hear a violinist perform. So I do not want to hear rest in peace concert 1672 to 2020. I can't have that. We need it. And hopefully it'll happen because uh, our upcoming guest, Michael Bruce, has actually been toying around with doing a, uh, a live show. He's done some dates in the past and wanted to do some in 2020. Uh, he had this Michael Bruce recuperated performing hits from the original Alice Cooper group. I would like to see that come to fruition someday. I think it would be tremendous. I mean, Michael Bruce guys, people don't realize what a force he was in the original Alice Cooper group. He's a founding member of the band. Uh, He co-wrote hits such as I'm 18 under my wheels. No more Mr. Nice guy. Be my lover. School's out elected billion dollar babies. 
and many more songs that remain a staple of classic rock today and that are a part of the American lexicon. So the highest of marks for me from a guy like Michael Bruce, who kind of felt thrown to the wayside by Alice when the group kind of disbanded and Alice went on his own path. Um, I'm the biggest Alice Cooper fan you'll ever meet. I love everything he's done. In fact, next week on this very show, we're going to be doing a old school album battle, Constrictor versus Raise Your Fist and Yell. And we're doing it with none other than Kane Roberts, former Alice Cooper guitarist, and Sidney Taylor, the host of the Metal from the Inside podcast. It's going to be a blast. We're going to be comparing Constrictor and Raise Your Fist and Yell. It's going to be awesome. So I'm a huge fan of that era as well, but big props to uh, Michael, to, to Neil Smith, Dennis Dunaway, who we've had on the show, and to Glenn Buxton, who's passed away, because that group was so instrumental and so influential to American rock in the early 70s. So without further ado, let's take you to this week's interview, which is with Alice Cooper founding member Michael Bruce. Michael, as we welcome you here to the Music Mania podcast, and thank you so much for doing this. Um, thank you. It's obviously been a crazy time in America, but for you, a very busy time. Things are probably as busy as ever. You're working on a lot of projects right now, including in your own yard, let alone the music. Well, how's everything been going? What's the last few months been like for you? Well, we it's been it's it's been crazy. Like you said, it's a little scary. You know, you know, I'm getting up in years, but I'm in good health. So, you know, we've been trying to conform and, and wear our mask. And, you know, I look good in a mask, you know. <laughs> I don't know what uh, people that are Rob Circle K is going to wear anymore, you know. <laughs> Everybody's wearing a mask, you know. But uh, we've been doing fine. We did a couple of uh, live from Pandemicville uh, things on the Internet, and that was our first for us. Because we just got together. Oh, God. How long has it been, honey? Uh, uh, has it been a year yet? I, I, we we met uh, we were trying to find Leonard and I were trying to find a manager we we met uh, Giles Lafferty uh, he was he was working with Graham Bonnet and yes. a couple of other artists uh, the the late um, the, the one that played with um, Kiss uh, two brothers Kulik oh Bob, Bob Kulik yeah Bob Kulik yeah he he passed yes. and he was working with uh, him and uh, Girls School I think it is over in the UK. Absolutely. And uh, we've already seen um, the video. We've seen the song for Born Screamer. Oh, yeah. That's already come out. And you've released samples for two of our songs, Famous Face and uh, Riding a Hurricane. What? Tell us kind of the the antithesis of this. You've uh, kind of formed the Michael Bruce group. How you came up with with this, with these particular players and kind of where this is heading and what we can expect from the album. Well, uh, actually, what we're doing is... uh, we're going back a little and uh, I've, I've done a couple of tracks that, uh, that I really like and, and I want to put on the album. So we're putting everybody on the tracks that I, that, um, that were, that, uh, it wasn't on the track from before. I kept some of my original guitar parts and some of the lyrics and, but we're going to end up doing it all over again. But because we didn't have the, the rehearsal time, because we were split up with this pandemic thing, we weren't able to rehearse it down. So, we're using the tracks as sort of a template. And um, so there's going to be uh, both old and new. Uh, we, is, Len, has it been, when did we meet Giles and uh, Jimmy? It was about a year and a half ago. We, we went over to Los Angeles and we met uh, Giles, this is my manager. And then uh, he got back with me and said, hey, Jimmy, Jimmy Waldo, who played with Graham and, and 
played in uh, New England, the group New England, and uh, countless other. He, he works in L.A. and he, he moved back to Chicago, but he's a, he's our keyboard player and vocalist. Uh, Steve Potts is our guitar player. We met through a, a friend of ours, a drummer in San Diego, and then Matt uh, is uh, a local guy here that we got to know in, in different projects. Uh, Matt Indies. He plays drums and then I play guitar and of course Lynn's playing bass. And we kind of, uh, we met, I was doing a benefit for, uh, uh, it's for foster children after they get out of the state system, mm -hmm. they go right to the streets. Well, this benefit provides a house, a uh, kid's love house, where wow. they can go and sort of get reacclimated in society. Well, I think a lot of well, people are excited to, for this project, Michael. A lot of people are excited to see you out and doing this as you uh, have, of course. I think I've waited long enough. Well, <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I was, I was just putting that in a different way. Yes, you've waited long enough. The time is now. And I know we can't really make any concrete plans about live touring, but I know you had this idea for uh, the Michael Bruce uh, Recuperated performing right. hits from the original Alice Cooper group. Kind of what was the idea behind that? And we really hope well, that we get that on the road at some point, uh, God willing. That I did, uh, that I did uh, with a friend of mine, Ingo and, and Silly, uh, two fellows that I met. Uh, they came to the States and I met them, I think, at the Chiller uh, autograph show in, in uh, New Jersey. And they're real big fans and, and a great, great guitar player and a great bass player. And they invited me over to uh, Iceland so I went over there and I did a couple of albums there, um, and I wanted to carry it on, but uh, the, the expense was just crazy, you know, them being in Iceland, and uh, and then I was, of course, I moved to Texas and then got a manager there, and and uh, that ran its course, and I came back and then I met Lynn, and so we started thinking about, well, let's get together, you know, she plays, so we found our drummer Matt, and so now this is going to be the culmination of all the years that I was sort of out of the picture, I had been writing uh, sort of on the pretense that Alice was going to get back together at some point with the band. Well, that never really happened per se. Uh, what kind of happened in, in, in an odd way is uh, uh, Bob Ezrin kind of became his musical director. And so now he's auditioning sort of our tunes for Alice, which is very weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. He used to work for us. And we brought the material in, and we worked it up, and that was it, you know. Uh, now it's a little different. He's got a different sort of an image, and he's, he's what's a specific type of thing? And I can understand that. So um, I've gone through uh, some of my material. For instance, are you familiar with uh, the Welcome to the Squeakle? Yes, yes. There's a song on there, the first one I did with Alice uh, since, gosh, I think since uh, he left the band. Um, was uh, When Hell Comes Home as yeah. a tune on there, which is a song that it's going to be on this album, but I'm doing it the way I wrote it, and it's called uh, Hell Hole Number Nine. I like that title even better. And, and you, <laughs> yeah. guys, you guys did some work on his Paranormal album too, correct? Yes, did we did. A, yeah. Yeah. Um, that, as a matter of fact, is where Born Screamer came from. Mm. They, we worked it up, and we got in the studio here in Arizona, and we recorded it with Neil and Dennis. And uh, unfortunately, Dennis was uh, had a lot of family commitments when he came out here, and he didn't really have time. He, he didn't get a chance to rehearse it, and it just didn't 
click in the studio, but we cut the track with Neil on it and, and Dennis, but we didn't use Dennis's parts. Then Bob and Alice were kind enough to uh, say, hey, Michael, we're not going to use it, but you want the track? And I said, hell yes. You know, so we got the masters. and <laughs> So Neil's on it. He plays drums on it. And then everybody else, the new crew is on Born Screamer. And the other two songs, it's all the new, new group. Oh, that's tremendous. Uh, with what, Jimmy and uh, Steve. Sure. What has it been like? The time uh, You talked about how it never really materialized as far as an all-out reunion, but you guys have gotten together over the years. Of course, you went in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2011 and uh, have played some, some shows and some reunions here and there. What has it been like for you, Neil and Dennis, those times that you've done it? Has it been gratifying for you? Is it, or does it's it kind of always leave you? It's been just like hard. It sounds like this, sort of. Oh, wait a minute. It's I, wasn't, like this. I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> that. That's kind of what it's like. Uh, it's been challenging. Uh, you know, let's. You know, I never realized when my dad was telling me about his favorite uh, Glenn Miller and all the big bands. What happens to you when you your generation kind of goes the other way, and, and a new generation comes in? And people like Little Richard and Chuck Berry must have felt with the, you know, with the Beatles and the British invasion. I mean, they got swept. A few, few of them managed to hold their, you know, spots, you know, but uh, surf tragedy uh, with the Beach Boys. But they kind of held their own with the, with the Beatles. And, uh, but some of the bands aren't so lucky, you know. And, and we, I think, have been lucky uh, to have transcended a lot of this and we're still around. <laughs> more or less no question about it and what what's it been like for you kind of hobnobbing and meeting and recording and or playing with some of alice because alice has three guitarists now i mean yeah. nita strauss and ryan roxy who's a good friend of ours uh and tommy henrickson all are great I, what's what's it been like the times that you've been around them have, have they been cool oh, to they're, they're great they uh you know it's it's not any there's no ego trip involved i mean they love the songs and we love playing them. And they asked me about some of the parts, you know, that uh, they couldn't quite pick out in there and I'd show them, you know, and then uh, they kick ass. I mean, they're jumping around like uh, they're on steroids. I mean, like that's probably not so much what I'm going to be doing, <laughs> but I still have my locomotion going on. So, I mean, it's not like I'm going to be standing there in a, you know, in a casket or anything like that, but uh, it's been great. Uh, I went to see uh, here in uh, in Scottsdale down the roadways is uh, the Talking Stick Resort run by the uh, Pima Indians and Blue Oyster Cult was there. So we went to see him. Uh, our, our drummer was there and he called me up and he said, hey, the guys from the Blue Oyster Cult want to see you. And I said, they want to see me? So we went on down, got to go backstage after the show, did a great show. The place was packed and they were going, oh, God. And then they went on to tell me the story. I kind of remember when they came on board and they were going like, it wasn't for you guys. We, you know, you broke the band, you know, you're, you're, you're God. And I'm like blushing and trying to keep composed, you know, but it was really flattering. And I've had several incidents like that with different people like, uh, uh, think of his name now, the bass player, uh, Billy Sheehan. Billy Sheehan is, is yes. a great guy. Just Richie had him Scarlett. on. Yes. Richie Scarlett, who works with the uh, ACE and, uh, the lead singer for, uh, for poor little sugar on a baby is 
Jeff Leppard. Oh, Joe Elliott. Joe Elliott. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having a momentary loss I, of memory. <laughs> I liked the rendition of the song, though. That was worth it right there. <laughs> so we're going to get we're, the idea is once we get all the tunes more or less recorded, we're going to. Uh, I talked to Joe when he was here last time when they played here, and he said, Hey, send me the tune. I'd be happy to sing on it, you know, whatever. So I'm going to try to get a, a few guests on it. You know, uh, Neil's already on it. Uh, and, uh, you know, not try to overdo it too much, but you know where it's appropriate. And uh, yeah, and I love writing the new stuff. Like, uh, for instance, uh, "Famous Face" is uh, sort of a satire on celebrity status, you know, in in our lives. And uh, there's one line on on there. I wish you the hell you get off my TV. <laughs> <laughs> when when Neil it. heard it, Neil Smith, our our drummer, he goes, "Who did you have in mind on that?" I think he was referring to. Uh, uh, our my neighbor, you know, he lives down here at Paradise Valley. We live in Scottsdale. Uh, Alice, because he does some here locally, does used car commercials, and we're not new and used. I take that back. More power to it. <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned the Blue Oyster Cult story because literally just the other day on Monday we had Joe Bouchard on this show, and he told us the story oh, you're talking yeah. about. Uh, Joe Bouchard, of course, was a founding member of the band. He's not in the Blue Oyster Cult anymore. But right. he, he, works with, he works with Dennis, the Blue Coup. Yeah, the Blue Coup. And yeah, yeah. They, they opened I, for you guys on the Billion Dollar Babies Tour. That, that's correct. I played with Joe many times with Dennis when he's been doing his solo project and doing his guillotine book. Uh, I, I played with him, great guys and his brother. Uh, I want to say his brother. Ah, man, my mind's Albert. going Albert, Albert. Albert. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Ahmed. Uh, I guess the COVID's getting to me. <laughs> <laughs> we've got this one song. We're, it's, it's, we've already recorded it. I'm still working on it, finalize the lyrics, but it's, it's, a, it's a satire on the whole scene. It's called Cold Bitch 19. <laughs> Your song titles are blowing me away, Michael. You, you, <laughs> that, I, I always kind of wondered where that tongue-in-cheek Style. I always just thought it came from Alice because he always, you know, songs like I Love the Dead. He always had uh -huh. kind of a tongue in cheek, but I, a lot of this has to come from you, I'm thinking well, back in the day. You know, we all had a very sort of camp sense of humor. Uh, as a matter of fact, on the first two albums, I mean, here, this was our first albums we ever recorded. We put clues in there like they would have a clue what our clues are. You know, they'd never heard of us before. And they were just in jokes, you know, and we, we kept it up, you know, Neil's like that. And, uh, Dennis Glenn was too. He was sort of the ultimate, uh, you know, he was like, uh, God, I, I, he'd come in my room and play and then I'd come back in the room and I'd see all these cigarette butts standing on end, ashtray untouched. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I mean, you were a part of all, uh, all these, so many classic songs. I mean, I'm 18, Under My Wheels, No More Mr. Nice Guy, Be My Lover, School's Out, Elected, all these songs that you co-wrote and you were a part of. Do you, Whenever you went in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2011, do you feel like that that moment kind of justified all the work that you'd put in in those early days? I wish I could say yes, but I, I had uh, I had uh, some personal issues. Uh, I was living in Mexico uh, down by uh, Wymas, this place called uh, San Carlos. Had a boat down there, loved fishing and doing stuff like that. All along, you know, I was gaining weight, you know, and I, I had gained weight uh, uh, you know, before I even moved down to Mexico, uh, tried to get it off, couldn't get it off. And then when Lynn and I got together and started dating and she encouraged me to go, you know, the doctor, I'd been going, you know, getting my teeth looked after, but you know, I, I, 
I felt okay. I was just gaining weight. You know, I thought that's part of getting old. Turns out my thyroid was on vacation permanently. Wow. And you can't lose weight without your thyroid. So, so I made some adjustments. So I was a little heavy then. So I, I, was, I wasn't really at the top of my game, I guess I'd say. But uh, it was great getting together. The, the downside of that is now that Alice and Bob are working so closely together, they do a lot of things and we're not in the loop anymore like we were before. And so it's like, we're playing with who, when, what? You know, Michael, hey, get on a plane, come out here. It's like, uh, but, you know, the shock, you know, of re, sort of reorienting myself. You know, here I'm in New York City. I haven't been here for like 15 years or not 15 years, but, you know, it's not my regular groove. You know, analysis, he's, it's like his second home or third home or whatever. You know, don't get around much anymore, you know, and uh, which is good and it's bad, you know, especially if you're in this kind of climate, we're having all these uh, contagious problems. But, uh, you know, it's like I feel kind of like, uh, you know, out there in left field sort of, you know. But it, it's it's a personal thing. I'm working through it, and it's it's not a game changer by any means. And it's always great to get together with Dennis Neal and Alice. You know, we we have a great time. We we did the Christmas pudding thing. They had the largest uh, audience and made the most money ever. In, in his it was the 18th year, 18 uh, concert they gave, and uh, we we really had a great time. Uh, uh, Johnny Depp was there, and uh, Joe Bonamassa, and uh, Pointer sister, not the Pointer Sisters, the We Are Family. That's uh, that's them, right? That's uh, not that's not the Pointer Sisters. Okay. Sister Sledge, okay. Sister Sledge, and they were great, great gals, and and they actually were living here or are living here now, and uh, we had a great time, and it was just super. Well, I'm 18 is one of those funny stories because you talk about Bob Ezrin. He's apparently got a lot of control now, but back then, not so much. He came in, and I, uh, the legend has it, he heard you guys play in a club, I believe in San Francisco, might have been L.A., and that he thought the song was I'm Edgy, and he really, right, right. really liked the song. Is that, is that true? Uh, well, he, I mean, that's what he says, and I, I, you know, I, I, I assume he's you know, being uh, you know, uh, truthful. I don't, I don't know, because I was playing it, you know, so I don't know what he heard. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want you to take us back a little bit, because the genesis of the Alice Cooper band is one that I think fascinates a lot of people. And Michael, there's so many people that are such a fan of your area and the antithesis of what you guys did and started. You guys started, you, as legend, your Wikipedia page, we might have to do another falsity here. That uh, okay. this kind of, you and Neil, that you met Neil first. You, uh, Neil was a drummer, yeah. you guys met first in high school and that's kind of and then you guys joined the spiders correct right we played we well sort of uh, we we played several shows uh with neil he uh was in a band called the uh oh this guy it was he danced around like mick jagger um uh, really really cool band uh and then then that guy left and neil started a band called the cloth of many colors and neil was the lead singer you know he was not playing drums he and i gotta say the guy you know he has, he's a great drummer. His vo vocals are struggle, but he pulls it off. You know, he's just so confident and he's got this attitude. And so we, we hung together and uh, I got the first call. Uh, I was uh, home, uh, uh, still living with my, in my parents' house and uh, got a call from a couple of guys I knew from the VIP here in Phoenix. It was a teen club where the Spiders were the house band. And they said, hey, the Spiders, uh, 
looking for a guitar player, come on down. So I went down and we we were big on the love the Yardbirds. So I did my first rave up, you know, back then. <laughs> and uh, we played and uh, I think it went well. Uh, then uh, I, I'm walking out to my vehicle and they said, is that your, I had a Willie's Jeep, the old one with the wood on the side. And he goes, is that yours? And yeah, he said, hey, would you be interested in carrying some of our gear down to the, to the show? And I said, sure. So I was in then. <laughs> Get a yeah, guitar player, songwriter, slash roadie. <laughs> well, and, and, and just a few short years, you're writing hit songs, you're touring the world. It, it, Michael, at what point did, um, did you kind of realize, and that maybe you and the rest of the guys, uh, Glenn and Neil and Dennis, kind of realized that Alice Cooper, the band name, had become Alice Cooper, Vincent Fernier, had, had kind of overtaken him, and he was taking on the role of Alice Incarnate, Cooper. yeah. Well, um, just a last note, when I, when I went down and auditioned, I had uh, been working with a guy here locally who wrote uh, Scotch and Soda, Jigger of Gin, oh, what a state you got me in. And uh, he was a school teacher, and uh, uh, he lived here uh, in, in Phoenix, and I started recording. I had two singles, four songs out uh, as uh, the Wildflowers, and I didn't want the Spiders to know because they were recording, and I like their songs were, I didn't think as good as, they were doing a hitchhike and a bunch of, you know, other people's tunes. and. Uh, when we started playing together, I, I asked Dennis, I said, you guys do any of your material, you know, any of your own material? And they said, no, but he had written some songs. So I was big on pushing them to start writing, you know, uh, because uh, that's, that's where you really make a lot of impact, you know, when you do your own music. Anyway, um, run that question by me again. Um, at what point did you guys kind of realize that Alice Cooper? Had oh, Alice, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we never, we never really, you know, he was being the personification of Alice. So we decided back uh, when we first started working with uh, Shep that uh, that was probably going to happen because, uh, you know, there was an interview like uh, Dumb Kids from Phoenix. We all went down there, you know, we're all, and Alice is telling the story. And then I tell another story about the same incident, completely different story. You know, it's like get five different versions. And it was just, you know, I, I, I pity the, the guy who was doing the interview. You know, he's like, wait a minute, what's going on here? So that streamlined the whole process. And then, uh, you know, Alice, uh, with the theatrics and whatnot, it just was very natural. And it, I, I don't suppose we ever thought that he was going to take that and, and go with it. I remember when we got the call from Shep one day, we were, we were actually rehearsing for the next Cooper album after uh, Muscle of Love. And uh, uh, we, we had worked up uh, several songs and then uh, Neil had placed a call to Shep and Shep called him back and said, well, Alice doesn't want to work with you guys anymore. And uh, boy, that was a game changer right there. Uh, we kind of took the winds out of our sails. And so we decided, hey, let's go forward with what we were doing. So we, we did the battle axe uh, thing and I, we tried to find some singers, but we couldn't find anybody. We really you know, knocked us out. And so I started singing and um, it went really well, except when it got to the part where we're not in control of things like the mastering of the record, when it was released, uh, Lee DiCarlo had to really uh, overindulge, let's say, the night before he went in mastering and uh, his particular uh, 
drug of choice. Let's put it this way. It wasn't uh, alcohol. <laughs> and so the kind of the uh, high end of his hearing went away and uh, it was snowing severely, if you know what I mean. And uh, so they kept cranking up the, the highs. And so on a, on a vinyl record, they're, they're like U-shapes where the stylus rides in this nice little groove, right? Well, at the end, when he was done, it was like a V. And then whenever a loud passage of music came up by, it would eject the stylus right off the record. So we had a recall on our first record within, gosh, it was like the first couple of months. And uh, that really killed us. Uh, it, uh, we never recovered from it, uh, basically. And we had regional hits on Cashbox. Uh, the songs were doing well. We had a tour planned with Concerts West. And it just, boy, that was hard to take, seeing it just dissolve into the ether, you know. <laughs> and that took some time to get over. That was tough. Because yeah. we worked about three, three years on that, putting it together after Alice's departure. But, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, we never got to talk to him for the longest time after that. And, and I think there was just, why, Alice, why? <laughs> Because he, he made yeah. one comment. He said, uh, well, these guys, you know, they, they, they don't want to do any theatrics. They just want to, you know, play in their Levi's and, you know, and Alice wants to do, uh, you know, his theatrical thing. Well, that's not true. The Battle Axe show had uh, a stage that came out from the drum riser. We fought in these uh, super, super futuristic. Uh, it was a battle to the death for money and those scoreboards. We call it jock rock. And uh, it was very theatrical. And uh, we had spent $100,000 on the stage. We did four shows. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah, that was a crippling. tough one. So that was kind of disappointing guys. when Alice is telling people that, you know, we don't want to do theatrics or whatnot. And then, and then uh, you know, I, I just, wh why, you know, you know, that doesn't, that's not, that's not in fact true, you know. So there was a lot of confusion, a lot of misunderstanding. We didn't see the guy for ages. and then. I remember one time that he said to Neil, he goes, he was kind of afraid to see me because he thought I'd beat him up. <laughs> well, I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> no, don't do it. <laughs> um, but but we can well only that, get him to throw the first punch, right? Exactly. Um, all, all's well that ends well, of course, because, you know, we're, we're, you're, yeah, your we're, era is so respected. People respect you and are so excited about your latest endeavor and your uh, the yeah, Born Screamer is so exciting. And I've got to ask you before we let you go, since you have a great sense of humor and you just seem like such a great guy, I've got to ask you, who's the better bassist, Lynn or Dennis? Oh, hands down. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting is when we started playing, we, we started playing uh, with our drummer, Matt, and we had a couple different guitar players and we were just doing some covers of, of the tunes, right? And she was playing all of Dennis's stuff without a pick. And if, if you played guitar, it's hard to do, you know, because Dennis doesn't, he's not playing, you know, just any old bass part. And uh, she really could tear it up. So Dennis is the guy that wrote it, though. And, and, and Lynn's learning. She's a, she's a school jazz player. So she's still getting her rock and roll booties, you know, on. And uh, but she's doing a great job. And uh, she's a quick learner and she's got great tempo great ears and uh yeah i tell you it's it's a lot better working with a female who's especially your wife instead of a bunch of crusty guys <laughs> and she is we want to be the new paul 
Paula Linda, you know. Hey, absolutely, and she is awesome. She's just super cool. So we got to. I wait to hear live when she can. She can tear it up big time, you know. Well, I can't I'm wait right. to see more of it. Uh, you, you have a website. It's michaelbruceofficial.com. Guys, that's where you can get all the information on uh, the new song Absolutely. and the album when it comes out, michaelbruceofficial.com. And you got a uh, Facebook now, Michael, at Michael. Did, did um, you, did we answer any of these questions that we were going to do? <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess you did. Yeah. Michael, I, my, I format an interview <laughs> like nobody else. I go through it meticulously and it's always in order and I never deviate from the path. <laughs> We got you it all. Uh, no, it was hey, been great. Anytime you need me, I'm here. I'd be happy to come on again. And uh, when we get the album actually done, I'd like to come on and share it with you and, and the fans and uh, talk about, you know, each of the tunes. Uh, I think they're going to get a real treat because it's going to be songs that I was writing for myself and for the Alice Cooper unit that really didn't manifest. It did in a small way. And then some new stuff. And I think yeah. it'll be... It'll catch me back up to the present. <laughs> We're excited about it. We will definitely have you back on when the album's ready. Stay safe and stay healthy, my friend. We'll definitely catch up you again too, soon. Glenn. Thank you so much, Michael. Appreciate you. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. Okay. Huge thanks to Michael for joining us. That was so much fun. That video is actually up um, on our YouTube channel, Ignitro Entertainment, on our website, musicmaniapodcast.com. Uh, the video from the Zoom interview is on there if you want to check out the video portion of that interview, which was tremendous. Uh, I think that was Michael's first Zoom interview. His wife, Lynn, set it up. And there he was, just in living color right there. So if you want to check out that video, uh, go do it. But that was awesome. Big thanks to Michael. I have huge hopes for him and uh, his upcoming album, uh, the song Born Screamer, which you can check out on his website, michaelbruceofficial.com, is tremendous. I really like it. And I think he's put together some really good players here. And it's good to see him active. And I think people are just glad to see him, you know, kind of being a part of things. So huge thanks to him. I hope you guys will continue to rate and subscribe to this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. That's the ways you can get this show. You can leave a star rating. It's what keeps us going, guys. We always appreciate it. Again, the website is musicmaniapodcast.com. We are going to keep the interviews rolling again next week. It is our first ever old school album battle. Alice Cooper Constrictor versus Raise Your Fist and Yell. It's the Alice Cooper hair metal era. And Kane Roberts, the Rambo guitarist himself, is going to be joining us to help break down both of those unbelievable albums from the 80s. Some like them more than others. I happen to be a huge fan of 80s hair metal Alice. So we're going to figure all that out next week here on the Music Mania Podcast. In the meantime, thank you so much. Your money stays and plays with us all summer long right here on the Music Mania Podcast.